Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget... You can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Oh, Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday, a rare USC Peristyle Podcast, Sunday podcast, but we got the coach Harvey Hyde on the line. We want to get his thoughts on what he saw, heard, uh, witnessed from fall camp 2022, the first USC fall camp of the Lincoln-Riley era. A lot of different storylines. We want to kind of touch base with the coach and get his thoughts on what went down in fall camp. Uh, It's about a little less than two weeks away till the opener against Rice, so they'll have like kind of a uh, a kind of a mock game week this week. They start classes this week, and then they'll roll in for the regular game prep uh, the week before USC Rice in the Coliseum. Uh, if you want to check out Coach Harvey Hyde's work, you can do that. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. And if you have questions or comments for our show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Let us know which show. We do, we do a bunch of these every week. So if you want the Harvey Hyde show or the one with me and Chris Trevino or the recruiting podcast with Gerard and Chris. You can just let us know in the email. We appreciate that. And you can also call or text us, leave us a voicemail or send us a text 424-254-9141. And if you have the Apple podcasting app or any podcasting app, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It definitely helps to grow the show. And the season's just about here. If you got some friends that are, you're at the water cooler at work talking about USC football, like, Hey man, I've been listening to the Peristyle podcast. You get a lot of good information about the USC football team if you're interested. That helps us out a lot as well. And appreciate the help we get from the coach. Harvey Hyde's been with us for many, many years. Breaking down the USC Trojans. He's on the line right now. Coach, how are you doing, sir? Ryan, I am uh, born ready. I'm doing um, good. Getting ready for the football season. This is when, uh, when you break camp is when you start to get real serious and find out exactly if all the things you did in the spring and if you recruited the right players and how your fall camp went, and now you get down to real work as far as, remember, 12 hours of all the thousands of hours you put together decides whether you have a great season, an average season, or a poor season. And that's about ready to start in a couple of weeks, and we'll be able to discuss more about the Trojans on the field rather than what they've been doing off the field as far as warm-ups and so on. And I think that's what the people want. I think the people are really hungry to see exactly what the USC football program is now what it is about uh, how it operates and and uh i'm ready for that and i know you're ready for that and uh, it's exciting to have football season here very excited about it and as coach alluded to um you know we we all the practices weren't open some were a couple two three a week and they're partially open we get to watch the first 20 30 minutes depending on the day 
which is mostly stretching and uh, you know some position drills. Well, they'll you know DBs might go through drills, linebackers, defensive linemen. The the players will just run. They'll do throwing lines on the offensive side. We don't get to really see much of the offensive line at all. They're always uh, kind of far away. And then they might do some routes on air with the quarterbacks and receivers and tight ends and running backs. And then that, that's about it. Then they kick us out. And then we come back at the end. And depending on the day, we can do interviews. Uh, so each week, offensive players would be available, defensive players, and then and Lincoln Riley. So it's it's limited, but we still get, you know, there's some access there. But as, as Coach said, we can't really see how competitive the players are, you know, out there in practice. We're not seeing any one-on-one drills. It's hard to tell like who's moving up where on the depth chart. You can get a little bit of a sense of that just from some of the stuff they do, you know, initially, but you can't really get a feel for it. So the spring game is like the most we got to see, obviously, because that was, you know, you get to see the whole thing. And then September 3rd against Rice, and you get a real feel for what this team is like so it's a little different coach just trying to get a you know understanding of how good this team can be you can see a little bit but just not enough I think to give to paint like a a clear picture on what the team is going to be like you're exactly right and uh, we can't just uh, pass out information of things uh, that we assume and I'll never do that unless I have an opinion on something and I haven't been able really to form an opinion because I didn't go to any practices not one practice and I'm not afraid to admit that on the air or to anyone uh, that asks me when I see them. Because, you know, my day is important for me, too. And uh, and uh, for me to drive at least an hour during traffic down to USC, park my car, walk over there, uh, go into a 20-minute period, then uh, be escorted out, and then not have a place to go, maybe, and sit there two hours and then after two hours, I have a chance to talk to a player or listen to a press conference that really I can't really hear. And Ryan, I'm not trying to be negative, but it's very difficult uh, as far as hearing uh, Lincoln Riley talk because of the noise in the background and so on. It makes it very difficult for you and your listeners. And uh, and then go home and fight another hour and a half traffic uh, to get home. So I'm just being honest up front that I haven't done that. If I went there, I would go there only to eyeball the players, eyeball them in a football uniform, see what their true height is, how do they look in a football uniform, how do they carry a football uniform, and uh, see if they do look like a competitive uh, top 10 team or whatever, because I'll never know until they start playing. So I'm being honest with the people. I haven't seen a practice the last really time I saw them, as you mentioned, in the Coliseum in their scrimmage. And what I saw is I saw Oklahoma. And uh, if I wanted to watch USC, I'd watch an Oklahoma film. And I'd be able to know exactly what I expect as far as against Rice. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that. It's going to be some you know similarities. But uh, it, yeah, the, that's the best part of what we get to see. And uh, Chris Trevino does a nice job putting up notes um, from, you know, we call them the ghost notes. He gets a lot of observations in there from that 20 minutes or so. And he, he stands outside the tunnel and watches the guys come in. So he knows, you know, who's getting out there early. Um, so we try to give you as much uh, coverage, I guess you could say, of that limited window over at uscfootball.com. So make sure you check it out. If you're not a subscriber, you can do it for a buck. Perfect time to do it. It's great. But Chris's ghost notes have been awesome. And, you know, it's a lot of stuff you can get updates on who's injured, who's practicing, you know, and like you said, what they look like. 
a guy like Kalen Bullock, who they called sticks last year because he was you know pretty thin, had to put on weight. You see him out there. He's wearing number seven now instead of 27. Shoulder pads on. He just looks like a much thicker human being out there. And I, I guess they were calling him double sticks. So there's, like, there's two of them now. Uh, but you know, being able to see that, like, oh, who's made progress? Whose body looks different? Oh, Brandon Peely looks like he's slimmed down. That's probably like the most important part we get out of that coach. Um, just to get a feel for what some of these guys look like. Obviously, that's going to tell you. We don't know how they're going to play, but it's it's good to see someone that looked one way when we saw him last year look significantly different when you see him this year. You're right, Dan. You know, if you remember back spring when I told you Gentry was coming to USC, uh, a lot of people didn't know who he was, but I'd watched him play a lot at Arizona State and. I have coached friends who recruited him and uh, who watched him play or play against him or coached him. And I told you at that time, this kid's a great player. Now he's tall, he looks like a basketball player, but he has great football instincts. And he'll hit you, he'll cover, he's got great wingspan. And all of a sudden now people are talking about him. Well, I could tell that a long time ago, because when I watched film on him, he just jumped out on the film, just boom, there he was all the time. So now, you know, you have to identify your personnel on who your personnel is and put them in the right position and take advantage of their athletic abilities to make you a great football team. And I think this is what's going to have to happen now the next two weeks. It's down to serious business. It's down now where they form a scout team, and that scout team is the ones that are going to be running Rice's offense in the next couple of weeks. And you put together your depth charts, and these are the guys that are going to get the turns. And these are the guys that are going to be playing together and representing the USC Trojan football team. The party's over. It's now game time. So, uh, And you still have to do some hitting, and, and unfortunately you have to do that to keep your timing and not lose the edge you have. So this is what it is. And then again, what I used to do, and I know a lot of people don't like to when I say what I used to do, is the players that uh, were part of the scout team, uh, I would have an additional practice or keep them after a little bit and let them do the SC offense and defense and so on so they didn't lose their skills. And they didn't lose the year by just being everybody else, that they had a chance to continue the skills that we want taught at USC. So there's a lot of different things you're going to see differently, and there's a lot of things. I don't know if the practices will ever be open during the fall. I don't believe they are. But my feeling is there isn't a media guy that's going to go in there in any way and pass on any type of information to anybody who uh, is going to play against the Trojans that's going to make a difference, okay? I think it should be open a little bit longer, but of course, as a head football coach, Lincoln Riley knows what he wants to do, and I have to respect that. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of Eric Gentry talk, and you were you were definitely an early... Uh... You were an early adapter of uh, Eric Gentry is going to be a good player, and uh, you just see him, how skinny he is. It'll be interesting to see what he looks like next year, but tall, basketball player-looking kind of guy. Um, he was the, There was a big talk about him this week, and so we got. You know, it's a good thing you mentioned him. There's also talk about the left tackle competition. So it seems like the rest of the offensive line is set, you know, uh, with Voorhees and uh, – so Andrew Voorhees, uh, and then you have – Brett Nealon and uh, Justin Dietrich, and it looks like uh, Jonah Monheim is locking things down at the right tackle spot. But the left tackle, you still have uh, Cortland Ford, you know, who's out there. He looks good to me, uh, big number seventy-four. But he's competing with uh, 
uh, Bobby Haskins, the Virginia transfer. And Lincoln Riley kind of talked about that this week. So it looks like that's the one that's up for grabs. Now, I'm not saying if, you know, if, say, Cortland Ford wins out, does Bobby Haskins become the starting right tackle and that, you know, bumps Jonah Monheim out? I'm not sure, but it seems like at least those four spots seem pretty secure. The the interior for sure. Uh, but that left tackle spot seems to be open still. So any any thoughts on the whole offensive line, Coach? I want to get your opinion on it. Well, uh, excuse me. I like uh, the way they're having that competition at the left tackle. I think you should have competition everywhere. No one should have a, a, a position so down. I mean, you're evaluating yourself every single play. And I think it's a great battle to have that. And I think Courtney Ford has come along a long ways. I think he's a better football player now than he was a year ago, and I think Haskins is so much uh, surprised at how good he really is and how good the talent is at USC because Virginia has an outstanding football program, but a little bit different at USC. But I think he's a good kid. He didn't have the advantage of playing in spring practice. I think he has the ability that if somebody is injured on either side, he could go either way. I think they have three tackles that can play. I don't know much more about any of the other tackles and how they've come along, but it's a good feeling to be able to have that. I like uh, the right tackle on a hand, and I think he's a, uh, he was the best offensive recruit they got, talking to other coaches. I've, I, uh, when he signed uh, around the country, they thought he was a player and is going to be a player, and someday he'll play in the league. And, of course, the other guys, Boris, and these guys have been around a long time. And I'll tell you, if if they can't get it done after playing the number of years they've been playing, then uh, USC's in trouble. Yeah. We'll see how that kind of uh, plays out. But it, I, I feel pretty strongly about the you know top six guys. And, you know, there's some other guys they like on the line. We've heard more about, you know, uh, Gino Quinones and some of the other guys. Um, but you know, this looks like what the starters are going to be, you know, and if there's injuries happen all the time, but I think it's a pretty solid group, uh, you know, maybe, you know, six, seven deep right now. We'll see if that changes going forward. Uh, but speaking of depth, uh, I like what I've seen coach from the depth just around the entire, um, you know, the whole team, you know, and if you watched in the spring, there weren't that many corners available. There weren't that many safeties available. Now the lines to do the drills that we get to watch, a lot deeper. There's a lot more guys. There's more guys in the secondary. There's more guys at linebacker. Um, you know, more guys on the defensive line. The one area, that the rush end spot, which is kind of like that outside linebacker thing that's Roy Manning, uh, leads that group up. And, uh, you know, there's some some names there you like. I mean, I like what Romello Heights brought to the table coming over from Auburn. Of course, Corey Foreman, the former five-star number one player in the country at one point, was the, he's playing there as well. Um, both those guys have missed a bunch of time. Uh, Corey, I mean, uh, Romello Height had missed a practice or two, and he's had the yellow jersey on sometimes. Corey Foreman missed, uh, I mean, a significant part, you know, most of the fall camp, I think you could say. He did come back uh, this week uh, on Saturday, I believe. So he was out there in full pads on their final practice of fall camp. And, uh, you know, he's a fan favorite. People want to see, like, what he's able to do. But there's there's just not that many bodies over there. But uh, just kind of get your thoughts on overall depth and, you know, maybe, you know, being a little thin at that, you know, very important rush end spot where you're you're putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Well, first of all, competition is what makes a football team. That means every single play you go, you're going to be evaluated not only by your coaches, but uh, the players that are playing your position. 
So you can't take a play off. Because when you have talent and you have depth, you don't take a play off. You better do it every time because if you don't get it done, there's someone there ready to, you know, strap it on, tape their ankles, and take your position. So it brings competition every single day, and I think that's great. Yeah, I think that on the defensive side of the football, as far as mentioning Corey Foreman, uh, to me, uh, I'm very disappointed that he hadn't really had the opportunity or pushed himself, or I don't know what his problem has been as far as why he's not practicing. It's very secretive on everybody uh, as far as sometimes. Sometimes they tell you what's wrong with somebody, and sometimes they tell you not what's wrong with somebody. But he needed the reps. He needed the competition. He needed to go against the great tackles every single down as far as getting his techniques down and so on. So it's going to be a long process for him to come along. And uh, just showing up now two weeks before the first game isn't enough time for him to really get it done. So, you know, he's got to play himself into shape. The other kid that's wearing the yellow jersey to kick from uh, Auburn. Romello Height, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah, I really think that uh, he's proven himself. And what they're doing is protecting him because he's going to be the starter. He, They have proven to him that he doesn't have to do anything else, just get yourself ready to play. But Corey needs to get himself ready to play and prove himself. There's been a lot of people that have, that have been looking and discussing him just like we are now is what happened to his potential. Where is he now? Can he handle the competition that's going on? Uh, can he handle the new line coaches and the coaches that are pushing him? Does he like people screaming at him? There's a lot of adjustments that I don't know because I'm not at practice to know just what his uh, what his uh, motivation is as far as becoming a great football player. If he's seriously injured, then they should say something, that he can't go because of this or that. But it's a secret. So you start to guess what's wrong. Is he in depression? Is he this or is that? Is it an academic problem? I mean, who knows what it is? So we start now guessing about what it is so my thought is he's got to go he's got to play himself into shape he's got to be the player everybody expecting him to be so uh, that's my feeling on that and I think that the other kid is ready to play and someone else will surface and if Corey didn't get himself ready to play I don't think this is a different deal now this isn't you know you can sit out two days three days and then play under Lincoln Riley you're going to have to practice and get better you're not going to play yeah, and I, I mean, there's got like Solomon Bird, uh, you know, they like some of the stuff we've seen from him. So there's there's some options there, but I agree with you. Corey's got to he's got to get out there. He's got to prove himself, and uh, I think he can be a contributor. But there's just you're running out of time, like missing that time in, in camp. And and you like you said, it was sort of secretive. We weren't really sure exactly what was going on. He didn't really look injured at all to me. So I'm not sure what was going on there, but we'll see. Um, going forward, uh, let's see. We have. Um, I want to talk about uh, some of the stuff that Lincoln Riley said on Saturday this weekend. He talked about wanting to have rotations at certain positions. And uh, I remember talking to uh, Josh Henson, the uh, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, and he said something they did uh, at Missouri was when they had a veteran group, they rotated in some of the younger players on the offensive line, give them some series and stuff. Now, haven't heard much about that since, so we're not really sure if that's going to happen. Um, you know, we'll see. But Lincoln Riley talked specifically about the wide receiver spot, which makes sense. You're going to you know run a bunch of guys in and out of there, uh, but also in the secondary, he could see having a rotation, and on the defensive line where they do have some depth now. 
um, having sort of rotations there where you get guys coming in. I think defensive line is it's pretty common. You you know you want those guys fresh, and if you have enough big bodies, you can you know swap them in and out. Receivers pretty normal, and the secondary you don't see that as much. But any kind of thoughts on rotations, coach? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the best uh, thing that can happen to you if you're able to get a nice score up on uh, Rice and they're 38 point favorite, so. They they should be able to play a lot of players. We'd all be very disappointed if they don't have a great game and a great opening uh, game for USC football under Lincoln Riley. That you want to try to get some of your players on the field to give them some game time experience in case there's a a uh, injury. But again, you got to play your players to get them in game type condition because the next week you're going to Stanford, so you can't really rotate too much. Because you got to have your guys ready to play. Now you got to have a hundred percent all the time, and your offensive line is one place you don't rotate players because they play as a team every single down. On the offense, as far as receivers are concerned, you want them to give you a hundred percent every single play and run fast and wear down the defensive backs. So you can rotate players, and you can do different things there. The offensive backs, I don't like to see a lot of rotations with your offensive backs because. I think you give away formation and play tendencies. Plus, I think a back gets a feel of the different type of blitzes that are coming and picking them up and, and how to run and slash during the holes. And if he made a mistake one time, he'll correct it the next time. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what his philosophy is. As far as on the defensive side of the football, uh, you've got to play hard every single down. And on the defensive line, uh, you've got to go hard. And if you take a day off or a playoff, you're out of there. But you got to play yourself in the shape because you're normally on the field as long as the offensive line is on the field. But you've got to be able to go hard, and I see a little bit more rotation on the defensive front because of the different alignments you use and so on where you want your best uh, personnel in the game. Linebackers, not necessarily rotating too much unless it's a, a long-down situation when you want your more or less uh, pass coverage guys in there rather than your pluggers as far as a run uh, type of defense. Second day corners, you uh, you want them to really get a feel of who they're playing against, learn the receiver they're playing against, and not rotate too much, but uh, have a sense that when you feel you can get a player in the game that's an equal type of player, you give them a full series or two series. You don't rotate him every other down or something like that, but you don't get a feel of being on the field and tackling and covering and so on. So you've got to be careful on just how much rotation you do at certain positions because you get a feel of playing a position. Like a defensive back in the secondary, you get a feel of the receiver and what his speed is you're playing against and what you have to be careful of and his moves and breaks. You get to know the guy. And I, I think that if you rotate too much, the new guy comes in and doesn't know exactly the, what the first guy learned. So, you know, that's why I look at that. Rotation-wise, they're good. If you have great players, you want to get them in the game. But uh, this is the time in practice where you find out who your great players are. So you got to evaluate them purpose, uh, now properly. And I think if you're going to rest somebody, uh, maybe in the defensive line, where they really get after you 100% in pursuit of the football and be at every be attack, find the football. That's who it. Find the football and be at the football and assist in attack. You want all 11 guys, if you can say that, on every play at the football. 
So rotation is great. I think receivers you can rotate, but again, you want your quarterback to become familiar with your receivers because every single receiver has a different move. Every single receiver has a different speed, and you've got to get to know their moves, and you look at each other, and you know what they're going to do. So it's very important that Caleb Williams and Miller Moss has that feeling with their receivers of knowing what they're going to do in certain situations. All right, Coach. Uh, I want to talk about team chemistry a little bit. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, talk about that, and then we got a question to get to. So back in a minute. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Coach, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about team chemistry. I got to ask Lincoln Riley this past week about it. And sometimes when you ask questions and, you know, you'll get kind of, uh, you know, whatever generic answer or just like this is what the talking points are. And it's funny because I, I felt like I was looking him in the eye when he was talking to me about this. And just he had like a smile came to his face about team chemistry. It was almost like knowing that you put this roster together differently than anyone's ever done it in college football. There's people from all over the all over the place. You've lost a whole bunch of guys from last year. All the coaches are new except for one you understand that team chemistry could be a major issue. And even if you've built it up in the spring and things look good, then you added more players in the off season that have to get, you know, maybe you built some team chemistry and then you upset it again by adding like a Jordan Addison, you know, like not just, you know, like superstar players being added. And they're like, wait, we, this is the way it was in the spring. Now, now it's all going to change. But it seems like he was genuinely happy with the way the team chemistry was and, you know, talking to other players and coaches too, they've all had the same sort of sentiment where it just feels like this is a, a group that's played together for a couple of years and not a couple of months. So I, I know, you know, as former head coach, you know, trying to build that team chemistry and, and, you know, the, the culture word gets out there a whole lot. Uh, I'm generally, I've been impressed with what, with that, what they've been able to do, knowing how crazy this roster construction was and the fact that everyone can come in and get along. Now, maybe that changes when depth charts come out and someone's not playing and stuff. But at least as of right now, it seems like everyone's 
pretty much getting along. You know, there's not cancers, there's not clicks. Um, you know, we knew of clicks going on in the, you know, in the team before with the Texas kids and the California kids. There was uh, weight room clicks, you know, when you had different guys that were trying, you know, players leading different little breakouts of, you know, workout teams and stuff like we're not hearing any of that right now, but I just wanted to get your overall thoughts, Coach, on te- the importance of team chemistry and anything you've you're witnessing from from this team. Well, I think he's happy. I think he is because first of all, he got rid of all the players that don't want to play Division One college football and win national championships. Not that he ran them off; they ran themselves off, and he decided who could play, who couldn't play. So he got rid of the pretenders. I used to always say uh, my roster, I want a third of the guys on my team that definitely are going to college to play in the NFL. I want a third of the guys who want to be doctors, accountants, uh, go to med school, do that. And then I want a third of my uh, players to be guys that are happy, great players that are going into different type of fields. But an education is really important. And I think he's got that because he's got a mature team. Remember, his team is mature. There might be a lot of young players on it. But you've got guys transferring here for a reason. They've come here for a reason to win a national championship. They've left conference championship teams to come and be a part of USC. They're adults. Uh, uh, it's almost like a mini uh, uh, NFL team because they've come there for a purpose, not only to get a degree. I don't want to minimize that, but they've come there to play in a certain system and prove that who they are. They're willing to leave the school they were at for something better. So they've all come together with a purpose. The players that stayed that are part of the team, they didn't like the 4-8 and eight season, okay? They didn't feel good about that at all. In fact, they hid on campus. They didn't even go around campus. They didn't even want to play football. But now they have a fresh start with these other players coming in from other programs, Colorado, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, you know, all these different players that have come from winning programs. I mean, Utah, I mean, you take a look at what, Oregon, you got players that these players played against and they know how good they are. And now they're coming to USC and it's competitive out there. And these guys don't want to embarrass themselves or embarrass the program. They want to prove they are who they are. And it's embarrassing if they come there and they don't really get it done, including the coaches who are being paid handsomely. So everybody is trying to win out there in college football. But again, it's good to have a group of players who have been there, who have been through the battle, that understand that are leaders and competing in practice. And as you mentioned, yes, right now everything's copacetic and everybody's happy. As the season goes along, there'll be some players that'll be disappointed because they're not playing as much as they wanted to play. But winning solves everything. If the Trojans win big, everybody's happy, okay? Everybody has more of a chance of playing. So it comes down to winning. And if you were to ask every player out there to name the starters at every position except himself, he would name the same players that are on the field. They all know who can play. They all know who can play. And if those players aren't on the field, then something's wrong. So they've got to be ready to take that place. If somebody goes down, we've seen it happen every single year at USC. It happens everywhere else. So you've got to have players that are mature, understand the situation, and don't worry about it. It used to be always, and it still is a little bit, me and team, but it's got to be team and me, and all of a sudden all the awards and uh, and all that comes along because you're winning. That's when you get awards. That's when you win the Heisman Trophy. 
because your team is successful. That's when you become all-conference, because your team's successful. So I think this is the pattern. These guys have been through that. They understand it. A lot of the players that were there before that didn't want to sacrifice or weren't good enough to play there are gone. You've got a new roster. You've got a fresh start. You don't have a lot of four and eight guys back. Guys didn't want to play in games. New philosophies that want to work hard in practice. So I, I think it's good, and I think that's why he's smiling, because he's happy. I think he's got some guys that really give a damn. Now, I agree with the coach, and winning does solve everything, so um, we'll see going forward. And, uh, yeah, I think you, you can cause some rifts in the team if you have if the players know who the best is and those players aren't playing because of favoritism or whatever, that's going to cause some problems for sure. Um, all right. We have uh, we just have one question. We have one voicemail, and then we had another kind of uh, inquiry before. But I'm going to play the voicemail for you, Coach, and get your thoughts. Here you go. Hey, Ryan Curtis. Uh, my favorite defensive player on this team is Caleb Bullock. Uh, I heard Caleb Williams say that he can't wait to see this safety play because he gets the balls that you don't think he can. Uh, and he's made some interceptions uh, that have shocked Caleb Williams. We've seen him with all the hits in his freshman season, uh, freshman All-American. So, and he was skinny last year, real thin, and still was laying the hat. So, favorite on defense, Caleb Bullock. Have a great season. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Curtis, it's great to have you back, buddy, in the huddle with us. I'll tell you, I've been missing you all summer, so we got you back. And I agree with you on Bullock from, from John Muir High School in Pasadena. I watched him playing. In high school, I met him at the Pasadena Quarterback Club when he came as a guest with his head football coach. And I tell you, I said uh, a year ago, I said a year ago that he's going to be the next great uh, safety out of USC. He's going to play in the league. He's a headhunter. He loves the game of football. He's a double stick now. He knows what he takes. He covers the field. He's got length and everything else. So. I agree with you. He's going to be a great football player, and he is a great football player already. He showed signs of that last year. I think he should have been a starter probably last year. But, uh, again, he was young and learning the game, but he learns it quickly. And you can tell who likes to play the football game. You know, I hate to call players headhunters because that's not a good term to use. But he's a guy that wants to put a pancake on you, buddy. He wants to be uh, decleat you. And not only that, he covers well. So I agree with you 100% on that. I think he's going to be uh, a great player. And Caleb Williams speaks for itself. I think he's a leader on the field. He's your 12th man, as they say, at Texas A&M. Uh, he's your coach in the huddle or on the line of scrimmage. He's worked together a lot with uh, Lincoln Riley. And if you watch the spring game, they just look at each other, and they knew exactly what the communication was, and that's very important. So I, I think you, you, you've you selected uh, an offensive defensive player who is going to be very successful. And uh, I look forward to having you back with us every week, uh, Curtis. Yeah, thanks, Curtis, for that. He also, Coach, had another, um, I guess uh, there was a voicemail question before, but he was talking about um, the Mac, Max Gibbs, who entered the transfer portal uh, this, this past week. Um, so... He is someone that, you know, Lincoln Riley talked about at Pac-12 Media Day a little bit. There were personal reasons he was left off the roster. And we had heard some different things. We're not going to get into everything. But I think some people keep talking about, you know, well, he could help with depth here. He could go back to the defensive line. And 
like they're saying like USC just sort of dropped him or something. That This was not a – the reasons behind Max Gibbs not being there are on the personal side and not on the football side. This is an off-the-field thing, not an on-the-field thing. So it's sometimes people can't get that out of their head. Like, well, he could be doing this right now. Like, well, yeah, but you have to – you have to still, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, requirements to being a college football player. And uh, so, you know, we wish, uh, you know, Max Gibbs the best of luck. He just seems like a, a great kid whenever we got to talk to him. And he was very popular on the team. But this isn't something that USC just decided to part ways because they didn't like him as a football player or anything. This was, you know, other stuff. But I, Curtis wanted that, uh, he had that, was asking about that. And I know other people have as well. Um, some people kind of miss, you know, they miss some time. They're not paying attention to what's going on all the time. So just to kind of give everyone an update, this is not a, wasn't a football thing for Max Gibbs, but he did enter the transfer portal uh, this week. You know, I watched him in the spring. <clears throat> he was a right guard and uh, was going second unit. And I thought he had really improved. I really did. I watched him in high school when he was a right guard and he was at his right position there. He was not a defensive football player. I don't know what they were thinking last year. He's an offensive football player and, to get around him on a pass rush is almost a full-day job, okay? Once he gets his feet and he gets a little weight off and his body turns to become a man, he's going to be a great football player. I really believe that, and I agree with you. He, he reminds me of a great kid. hate to see this happen to him. I hate to see USC's players sometimes just disappear. There's been so many of them that all of it you say, what happened to him? There's been no report on where he went, what happened. Uh, I understand McCoy, who transferred to Texas, he hadn't even been cleared yet as far as the play. Uh, I don't know what the hang-up is there. I know that uh, he's practicing, so I don't know what, what's going on there. But this kid, uh, I hate to see him go. I don't know what happened because it's uh, you know probably a personal item. They want to bring it out, and they don't want to release it. That's, I guess, uh, what they can do. But he's in the portal, and I think someday – I want this kid to really work hard. I hope he gets a second chance if necessary. I was big on giving kids second chances, okay? I was big. But when I was a kid, I made some mistakes, okay? But when I got that second chance, I really appreciated the opportunity of getting that second chance. And it changed my life. And I like to give kids a chance to change their life, not just get rid of them. And if it's something that he has to sit out a year and still be a part of the program at USC, I'd like to see USC give him that type of opportunity. If it's because he just can't play and they think it's better he goes somewhere else and tell us that for the best interest of the kid, that thinks what he, what he has to do. But there's been so many players who have left USC or that have disappeared from USC that you never know what happened to them. So, you know, I, I, I wish this kid the best, and I hope someone will give him a good second chance, and he has a great career, okay? I really want to see that happen. Yeah, same. Uh, same sentiment for me, Coach. Uh, all right, well, that's going to wrap it up, uh, the show today. We got, uh, as of right now, 13 days away from USC Trojan football. So I know the fans are excited. I'm excited. Coach, I know you're excited. And excited to keep the uh, show rolling throughout the season and kind of track to where you know where this trojan team goes i think there's a pretty high ceiling on this team we'll have to see how it all comes together but coach thanks again for coming on well thank you very much ryan too i really appreciate you having me on and uh uh you're going to be a guest on my show next thursday i don't know if you remember or not yes <laughs> yeah. usc trojan talks if you want to pick that up you just go to kshp.com and hit listen live that's thursday at six fifteen. 
Ryan, I'll be reversing the role. I'll be asking Ryan questions and getting the answers of what he thinks. And again, we'll be forming sort of an opinion on both of our sides. So, and again, on September the 4th, we start our show on AM 8.30 AM. That's College Football Review and Preview Show uh, with Chuck Hayes and myself. And that's at 10 AM. Our first show, show goes two hours. And we'd love you to join us there. And Again, if we can assist you, Ryan, in any other way possible, we'll be moving back to our one o'clock or our Monday podcast here when that happens. So we just want everybody that it's going to be a great season. We appreciate you joining us in the huddle. We love college football. Obviously, you love college football, and we can't wait for it to get started. Same. All right, Coach. Thanks so much. We appreciate you being on there, and thanks to everyone out there uh, in the podcast world for listening to our little show hope you enjoyed it and we will talk to you next time you may have noticed that shopping at trader joe's is unlike shopping at other markets people ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique interesting and delicious products at such great everyday prices this is dan bain of trader joe's the answer is simple it's all in the way we do business we buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.